Hey guys, before today's episode of the podcast, I want you to text me 212-931-5731. If you don't, you're missing out. I'm putting all my eggs in the fucking text basket. 212-931-5731. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, episode 329 of the Ask Gary V Show. Perfect timing to have uh, this tremendous gentleman who is both athlete and entrepreneur uh, as the NBA season uh, is now upon us. Chris Bosch is in the building, you know, and as a diehard Knicks fan and overlooking Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, I gotta start transparent and saying between the Raptors and the Heat, not necessarily my favorite athlete of all time because <laughs> he dropped way too many real games on our faces, but uh, I've really <laughs> admired Chris. You know, we, haven't, we, we had one quick dinner, I think at CES, where we were sitting on opposite sides of the table, so we didn't really get a chance to chop, but I've been able to really watch from afar as I'm always watching. I think you've made a really strong transition into life after basketball. Uh, but before before we go into that, uh, actually this is a great question because I know a ton of my uh, listeners are gonna have a lot of awareness of you. So I think the right first question is, what have you been up to? Man, <laughs> that is such a good question. You know what? Yeah, um, let me give you the floor. Yeah, you know, I've been, um, <clears throat> first of all, I kind of had to rebound in, uh, in my situation. Yes. Um, you know, how old are you right now? I'm 35. Yes. So you know, people people really don't realize, and I didn't realize either, really what happens to an athlete after you're done playing. You know, we kind of just disappear and go away, and maybe you'll see us on TV again. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's when I think real life starts for us. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah, you know, I have five children, and it's a great number. You know, get yeah, it's an awesome number, man. And then getting into the swing of things, into being a father yep. that's there more, yep. into being a husband that's and, there more. And by more. the way, that takes practice. Yeah, it does. You know, it people don't understand that. Like, you know, you know, as for me, going hard and then having children, and even like evaluating them if I'm doing too much or too little, or whether it's workout regimen or or business, like that that is a transition in itself. Yeah, it becomes a. It's not just so all of a sudden you're like going to daycare and you know like it's. <laughs> It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, school and and getting them prepared, and you know, moving back and forth, and moving my family to Austin, and and your situation's a little bit unique in the fact that, you know, obviously, because I follow sports enough to know, like, it was a, you know, I I don't think as many people will know this. It wasn't the easiest situation that led you to not playing basketball. No, anymore. no, no. It was a very. Why don't you dramatic, give them a little? Why don't you give them a little context? Uh, well, I mean, um, the, I got bl- blood clots, had a pulmonary embolism back in two thousand and. 14, no, uh, 15. Um, that was really bad. I was in the hospital for damn near two weeks. Um, that sucked. Had to have surgery. Was that it really, was, was it dangerous? Like, did yeah, you get, yeah, you yeah. I mean, you know, blood clots. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I think. Um, did you know something was up? Oh, it, it, it was slowly happening. I mean, I know all the signs to look for now, but yep. slowly. I mean, at first I thought it was cramps. Yep. And then a month later they come back and then it became so debilitating. I'm like, yo, I got to something wrong. There's something wrong. Um, but luckily, you know, made it through that. Yep. And then, you know, bounced back, got back into playing, um, you know, got back to my uh, uh, form of playing, the way where I was happy and everything. And then after that, uh, my calf was sore. I go to the doctor to get a scan. Oh, I got blood clots again. And then it became a problem because I felt good. You yeah. know, I just, every, everything just was just stopped all of a sudden one day. And, um, you know, yeah, I wasn't and a you're happy 30, camper. you're 31 years old. I was, I, at the time 32? I was 33. Got it, okay. 32, 33, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, still 
yeah. feeling like you had three, four, five, six. Oh man, six, seven left in me. I, yeah. I would still be playing right now. I think, um, you know, I believe that. I, I wanted to play till I was thirty six, but I could have, you know, potentially with the way you know things are going in the league. When's now. the first time somebody said to you, "Hey, you may want to consider not playing"? Nobody ever said it. Really, you know, a, a lot of people said it, but no. <laughs> now you're starting to sound like me. Nobody it. said it. Everybody said it. That's yeah, the shit I do. I, you know, I didn't listen who to did, it. Who did? You know, Spo. Is this true? Do I have this right? Spo was at the game when Hank Gathers passed. Yeah. You know, I think that's a fact that a lot of people don't know. Your yeah. coach at the time. You know, I'm 43. I was outrageously affected by Hank Gathers passing. Yeah. I was in eighth grade, super into the March Madness thing, you know, Bo Kimball. Like it was, you know, yeah, it, was, it a, was a big deal. No internet yeah, back bro. then. Big big events really took over America for a week. Yeah. Now, Prince dies and it's a half a day on Twitter. You know, like real right. big stuff happens and it's a half a day with the way our world works now. Back then, something big happens. It was a week, two weeks <laughs> in the news. Do you feel, did coach... Was Coach affected by that when he communicated with you? I always wondered about that. I mean, I know Coach a little bit. He's a good, great dude. Yeah, you know what? It was, it, you know, I think that was kind of everybody else's thought process going through that and saying, oh, wow, this might, this is dire situation. Right, 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 with right. me, you know, you don't necessarily tell that person that, right? Yes. You want them to kind of exercise things. And, yeah, get there by themselves. We never what about doctors? talked about it too much. I mean, you know, doctors were like, don't play. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, oh, you can't yeah, play. Yeah. Oh well, you'll be fine, sir. Like, man, you you've had your life, bro. I'm yeah. just really getting started with mm -hmm. this stuff, and you're telling me that, you know, that's kind of where the disagreements came in with the communication and our problem with communication. But that, you know, we got over that, of course. And um, you know, it it was just my stance was to continue to try and play, and that's what I did for about a year and a half. And then. Then I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go down? Did you just wake watched, up one morning? I know. I watched. Um, oh, I, I tell people this story. I was watching. So I was in the next year. A whole year went by. I said, all right, I know I'm going to get picked up this year. I need to get in the basketball. I need to watch more basketball because I, I kind of let it go last year. I was still working out but didn't watch any games. Because you just needed that break? Uh, it was just mentally, it was messing with me. I, you know, it hurts because, you know. You I wanted was, to be out there. Yeah, I was right there. And yeah, I yeah. felt that we had a championship caliber team. And then it just stops one day. Then um, I saw Gordon Hayward dislocate his ankle in the first five I, minutes. I was at that game. You was at that game. I was at that game. First, Luckily on the other side. I just turned the TV on like, all right, here we go. The season's right, going game, on. first hyped. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> you almost threw up. Oh, man. Yeah. I said, all right. right. Right then and there, I knew I wasn't going to play anymore. Really? Yeah, I knew. That's and I had, to, great, I had to keep up with the Joneses. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, okay. I told everybody I was going to keep playing. You coming back? I'm like, Yeah. But you knew. But I knew right then wow. it wasn't gonna happen no more. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It just like you know, you know yeah. that thing. Yeah, yeah. I was there. You we were, were strong, and then, boy, it took wow. all the wind out myself. No kidding. Yeah, I was done after that. And so then, take take me through the next chapter. So now you're now yourself. You know you're done. You keep up the facade a little bit because it's a hard left, and so you want to go through that in what way? Yeah. And then what you what, what do you start thinking about next? Man, what am I doing? Yeah. You know that's was, not easy. Did you question. go into the, like a depressed state? I think I was already there at that point yeah. already. Yeah. Um, it took about two years. I want to say two years after I was done playing. It, it took me that long to kind of come out the fog a little bit. 
I understand. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know, I guess, yeah, that's what people call depression. You know, it's funny. Something. You know, it's funny. My brother, AJ, who's sitting right there, uh, left Vayner. We started this together, Vayner Media. And then three years ago, three and a half years ago, we started a sports representation business, Vayner mm-hmm. Sports. We do football now. And we have 20 guys, 20, 25 guys. And our entire thesis was, you know, off the field dynamics that we could create. But a lot of it was life after football yeah. like these kids are first of all football's crazy because a lot of these guys are way top crazier. of their class yeah way cra- <laughs> I mean there's real injuries in football there's real stuff going on kids are you know the first round picks out of the league three years later for real for real so yeah. you know that's 25 that's 26 I mean you know what do they do usually like well, I mean most, what's the next step in that most kids really screw up they yeah. overspend their money up front then they're done they're 25 and they're like, I mean, this is, yeah. you know, this is why we did it. We're like, we think we can change it. We've wa- I, I watched, he watched from afar that agents, and I don't even blame agents. It's, it's not like I razz them. I don't think these are bad people. They're in business. Yeah. Agents are there. And then when you're not producing dollars, it's their responsibility to their company and their family to go find things that do and they're done. And I, we thought the way to hack it was really be in these kids' lives. Yeah. For, through and through, and obviously our business acumen and all that other stuff gave us leverage that they would potentially believe us, and now that we're starting to do it a little bit, Walter Powell, Derek Morgan, we're doing real stuff for these uh, gentlemen long after football when they brought us no dollars because we came in late in their contracts, now the reputation's working, which is giving us leverage. But going back to you, that's the thing. Like, as a kid, even right now, as a 43-year-old male who puts out content every day that yells at people that says, you're 54 and you're young, I still think athletes that retire are old. Like, I, when an yeah. athlete like retires, I'm like, oh, they're old. No, and they're, bro, you know, cause look, cause okay. that's the way we grew up, like, so, think it, go ahead. Garden, we're yep. looking at the garden yep. right there. Yep. Last week, the yep. Hawks played a preseason game. <laughs> Vince, Vince yeah. is 43. I know. And I've been telling people this whole story, it's like, like you a running joke. you grew up loving Vince yeah, as a bro, kid. but it's like, <laughs> He's okay. still out there. Vince Carter's so old, <laughs> how old is he? <laughs> Like everywhere he goes, and it's just, and that's on TV, man. You know how powerful and, TV and, is, and and he's not, <laughs> he's and he's not. not. And to your point, now what's great? I think the best thing that's happened in the culture of sports is that athletes have become. When I was growing up, athletes only wanted to maybe also or be rappers if they weren't athletes. Yeah. Now they want to be entrepreneurs too. Mm-hmm. And that is completely, I mean, I've got five-star recruits when they're 16 hitting me up talking about life after basketball and football. <laughs> That's interesting. Right? So it is now cool. It is now legit. And it also feeds a little bit of their competitive spirit. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a lot of things that make me worry that entrepreneurship has gotten cool because I think a lot of people are getting into it that aren't entrepreneurs. And unlike basketball and rap, they can't be exposed real quick and they get into like their own little deep, you know, depression over time because they're not meant to be. But one thing I love about the rise of entrepreneurship is it's absolutely, I believe, something that is going to help a ton of athletes in that transition. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So talk to me about, back to the first question. What are you up to now? You get out of the fog yeah, after two out years. Yeah, man. And now? Um, you know, now, uh, you know, just trying to figure things out, really. Uh, What's interesting you? I've been you? in Japan. I've been to Australia. Uh, media interests me. Um, you know, I'm working on a book uh, for a 2020 release in the fall. Good for you. Uh, for next year. That's going great. You know, I, I just started working with getting the ghost out there trying to make it happen. Yeah. I have a, I, my yeah. ghostwriter actually lives in Austin. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. Okay. Uh, and so, that's dope. And so, 
How's that process been? Good? Are you it's recording? Good. I mean, are happening. you interviewing? Yeah, How recording. are you doing it? Recording? A little bit of everything. Yeah. Recording, typing, talking, interviewing. Yep. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a whole process. But, you know, it's like a uh, chemistry that you build. When did you um, know? Let me just bounce around a little bit here. Mm-hmm. When did you think you were going to make the league? Uh, I knew I was going to make the league when I was 17. You knew then? The summer uh, going into my senior year. Yeah, you knew. I knew. Yeah. Prior to that, there was still kind of like, because yeah. it was such a big deal. When did you want, actually, it that's w- great. Let's go, let's keep that on the shelf for a yeah. second. When did you want to go into the league? Probably when I was like six or seven. Six Pretty or seven. Early. Yeah, very, very early. Because, you were know, you my dad Maver- was were you, watching. Were you a Mavericks fan? No, nah, the Mavericks were really bad. I'm aware. Yeah, they were so really, what, you're, really bad. So you're, what, you're like every other NBA fan bandwagon? Yeah, because MJ <laughs> was on TV every day. I get it. You know, so, in the, you know, at first I remember like thinking like, who is this guy? You know, in the same team, because every time I go over to my grandma's house in the summer, they're always playing. And then everybody would be around the TV watching it. And my dad would be doing the same thing. So I said, yo, I want to do that. This is the same game that we play on the playground. And, oh, it's on TV. And then after that, I said, all right, cool. That's what I want to do. And it was always there. Was there anybody then, in your family that was really tall or athletic or things of that nature? Me. Really? You're <laughs> yeah. an enigma. My dad is like 6'3". I mean, I have okay. a couple tall uncles, but nothing. Nothing like you. I don't you. know where I came from. Yeah. yeah. I'm just a little, little, little tall. And when did you explode in height? Uh, from 14 to 16. Oh, thanks, man. You went from what to what? I went from like 6'3 to 6'10", 6'2 Jeez. to 6'10", somewhere in there. So my freshman year, I when I got there as a freshman, I was about six one, six two. Really, I left about a six eleven prospect. Yeah. So you know, fourteen to sixteen was like, oh, I really want to be in the NBA, and you know, I was just practicing really hard, doing mm-hmm. what I need to do, mm-hmm. and then seventeen, eighteen, the height came with it. Nineteen, I was out of there. So it happened fairly quickly. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It was like, oh man, you know, I'm I'm gonna play an NBA. I'm gonna do all these cool <laughs> things, and then they said, all right, it's time to go. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure I was ready, but you know, had what to a do crazy what I had to draft do. class you were part of. Yeah, it was crazy, like super crazy. Yeah, it's actually the one. To, I'm, I've been telling a lot of people lately in uh, that flip sneakers and entrepreneurs and hustlers to get into sports cards because it's getting really, really, really hot. And I did that as a kid. Mm-hmm. And the one time I got back into it was your draft class. Oh, because really? there were so many of you guys. I was like, you got hey, some cards. I had. T- I mean, we were AJ and I were buying so we were opening up so much Fleer basketball your year. <laughs> there was so much because we were like that was just loaded. Yeah. I mean, it's an all time class. Yeah, for sure, it's pretty good. How did you? And how did? How did your friendship graph work with that class? Like when you guys were obviously traveling around together, well, for a couple of weeks there for the draft stuff. But yeah. when did you first make your connections with your? Who were your best friends in the league? Dude, what at that man? Just period overall. Yeah, yeah. But you know, pretty much everybody. The, the whole championship team was an amazing team. Everybody got along. Um, everybody, you know, made great connections. Uh, Ronnie Terrioff's great friend of mine. I love Jerry him. Jack. You want to hear something funny? I have a Ronnie Terrioff Jets jersey. How do you have a Ronnie Turioff Jets jersey? Because when he came to the Knicks, and he actually made us feel, like, when he came to the Knicks, our entire friend group got pumped because he was bringing back a little bit of that 90s Knicks. He was being like a tough guy. And so for birthdays, we're always challenged to give each other gifts that are like unique. So did you give me that, AJ? So AJ got me a Ronnie Terryhoff Jets jersey. Number 14, was it? Yeah. So that's, what, that's how we feel about that man. Plus he knows about wine, so I fuck with him. Oh yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, that's my man. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jack's my guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's my roommate at Georgia Tech. Uh-huh, and we played together for a year. He had a, a real nice career. Yeah, he had a great he career. He really did. And I think he's, I'm, I'm not sure if he's still trying to play. I haven't talked. 
talk to him in a minute. He had a really nice career. He really did. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, who was your best mentor when you came to Toronto? Who like did anybody kind of like take you under your wing? Yeah, it was a few people. Uh, one was Michael Curry. Oh yeah, um, he was my Michael. vet. You yeah, know, yeah. coming in, he was like a no nonsense <laughs> dad type man. Yeah. He, he he you know he taught me the value of uh, you know working hard and getting your shots up. Um, Derek Martin. Um, was a guy, you know, he, he he did a lot for me. You had some Sam vets on Mitchell. that team. Yeah, we had some vets. That wasn't all at the same time. Got it. Uh, Michael Curry was only there my fresh, I'm freshman yeah, year. Yeah, rookie year. Rookie yep. year. Mike, um, Derek, and Sam, you know, they pretty much took me under their wing. Uh, as soon as they got there, I want to say the, the next year, so second through the sixth year. You grew up a Bulls year. fan? No, I, I wasn't a Bulls fan. Just an MJ fan? Uh, I was or a no. basketball fan. Got it. Just the Mavericks were just, you know, 16 and whatever that year. Yep. So it was tough kind of having, you know, some support for the home yes, team. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> and so, and what about now? Like, do you literally root for the Heat and yeah, the Raptors? The like, were you pumped for the Raptors? Yeah, I was happy for those yep. guys, man. I mean, it was it was still so many people, the managers and, yep. and equipment when guys. People and you actually know. Popcorn guys and mm -hmm. the dudes in the stands, mm -hmm. you know, that I would talk to every morning. Yep. They, they were still there and... and I mean, you know, it's funny. Every time I walked in, they were like, Chris, can you believe it? I'm like, no, I can't. I cannot <laughs> at all. This is crazy, you know? And then to see them, you know, really, you know, get their moment was amazing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I root for those guys. I root for Miami. Mm -hmm. You know, I identify with the teams I played for. Of course. You know? What about other sports? Did you grow up a Cowboys fan? Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah. It's my only win this year for the Jets. Yeah, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Everybody's it's always cool. like, oh! Yeah, you America's always get team. that all the yep. time. Yeah, you know, I'm look, I'm from Dallas. I grew up during the glory years, you know, and, and you know, it's a good good franchise. Mm -hmm. Did a lot? Did all your homies from back home razz you because of that NBA Finals? That must have been fucking Which terrible. Part? Losing to the Mavericks in the NBA Finals oh, and all no, your they friends. Didn't. They would, if they did, we haven't spoken since. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, no, we didn't take it. I was we just thinking. I was thinking myself, man. He grows up in Dallas. He loses. The, the, you got, obviously that, that really was very sucks, by the Of way. course, it was yeah, super disappointing. It's terrible. But you've got those three or four friends that are your boys' boys who might have actually grew up cheering for the Mavericks since they were no, in. No, none of us. We were all bandwagon hurting. We were. I mean, you know, I wouldn't this even call the, it bandwagon. It's bandwagon. No, I don't There's, have a team. Fair enough, but like it's it's we a very it's a it's a it's a variation of a wagon. It's an all star a wagon, wagon. A wagon with no wheels. Here's my thing. I <laughs> I, I I got very into tech in the two thousands and would go to Silicon Valley a lot in two thousand six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. And when I tell you, because I'm a big sports fan, and this is the time when it was all nerd land. Yeah. They barely cared about sports, but when I tell you there was not a person in San Francisco that knew the Warriors played there. Right. Like there wasn't a person on earth. I had never seen or anybody wear a jersey of the Warriors yeah. or mention that word in the four to five year period that I spent 12, 15 times in San Francisco. Yeah. And now every kid in Boy. Cleveland and Ohio and Dallas wears Steph Curry's jersey. That's right. Shoes, the hat. What do you think about the notion of people rapping? their own lack of self-esteem into something else, which make, it's like Patriot fans, right? Like a bunch of them razzed me on Monday night. And I was sitting there, I was looking, I'm like, you did nothing. Do not yeah. confuse your team's success with your actual success. Thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's not much you can say. You know, hey, I get it. You know, people want to feel good. I mean, um, <laughs> I remember when we got together with Miami and, you know, it was more Miami fans. We were like, hey, that's great. 
Then the same guy will have a Cleveland jersey on four years later. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, come on, bro. But that's you what got you the were hat doing. And the jersey. But, but that's what you did. You no, moved, I did not. Yeah, you liked players. I liked players. Yeah. yeah well, that's what that guy did. He liked I could LeBron. Not have their jersey, nor could I afford their well, stuff. I, that I respect or their that shoes. shit. You know, that I had I, their yeah. posters. <laughs> yeah. I had the posters the $4 on the wall. Four dollar poster for that sure. That was about it. You know what I mean? What I about video games? Were you good at it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play video games for sure. You're stronger now. No, 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 no not I'm now. Retired. In your prime. In my prime, I was pretty good. Madden was my game. Madden okay. and Call of Duty at okay. one point in time. Uh-huh. Black Ops 2. <laughs> I love it. Ooh. I uh, actually bought part of the Minnesota franchise for Call of Duty. Okay. So that's my little step towards ownership of the New York Jets. All oh, right, Chris, nice, what, what, else, what else do you want to talk about? What else is on your mind? Man, shoot, what's on your mind, bro? You the guy. I mean, so we, you, you got my- the office by the garden and everything. Yeah, my okay. office is not this nice. My my the only reason that my office is this nice is because I was smart enough to realize this part of New York was going to blow up before most people did. We committed to this office five years ago. This was the only building in this entire area. We're actually paying less rent in this building than the building we left. That is like eighty percent like worse than this because of the way the real estate market worked out. So this was another kind of good bet. What's on my mind? What's on my mind is TikTok. Yeah, I think TikTok is the place where people that are trying to make it and have no money. I've been hearing about TikTok for the past. I really think it's a real important place. Uh, Esports, we just mentioned it, is very much on my mind. It's uh, I'm I'm just fascinated by the fact that outside of NBA players and a little bit of soccer players and a couple of football players, like esports athletes, are more famous to the 15 year old today than every single baseball player then 90% of the NFL right. then you know I mean it's it forget about it. hockey I feel bad but like <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure the average kid can name five hockey players that yeah. are active in the NHL so what about I, like content creation and you know all that stuff because I mean uh, yeah obviously so you know. I mean, that, back to your point of being interested in media and content creation, I mean, I think yeah. it's the cost of entry for any relevance in our society. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you're not producing daily for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, the, you know, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, that if you don't have a podcast, if you're not thinking about a vlog, that you are just leaving an enormous amount of opportunity on the table. Yeah. Now, what made you Please. see? You know, what made you see that? Because I've you know watched you mm-hmm. know past videos and everything, and you kind of see you've been very passionate I, about I, that. I I was a super entrepreneur kid selling baseball <clears> cards <throat> and all this. I uh, started working in my dad's liquor store. Wanted to build it up. You know, we were immigrants. Uh, my mom knitted me my Jets jersey, so I understand not being able to afford <laughs> stuff. And uh, and I uh, I just realized. Ironically, the story goes, and it's true, I was playing Madden 94 in college. My friend came over, he said, you gotta come see this. It's September of 94, I go into a room and a kid dials up to the internet. The old cooch, yeah. the dial-up shit, and, and I was just like, this is it. Nothing else to say, this is it. Like, I believe this is gonna be a big deal. So and I, right I went head away. deep, right, like, I'm talking <laughs> like, love at first sight, or you just know. Yeah. Um, I went all in, learned, launched an e-commerce wine site in 1996, and the way I built my dad's business for him was building a website, starting the email newsletter, knowing that Google was gonna be big, Google AdWords. My real hit change in my career happened when I started a YouTube show uh, about wine in 2006 when I was 31. Mm-hmm. Back to like, not, I mean, I thought I was a fucking kid. Back to the beginning of this conversation, this yeah. is why I push it all. I'm like, I think I'm a kid now. Like, That's like, I think Vince has 30 years of professional work to be done when he retires. Like, so I, um, I really understand people. Mm. 
that's what I've come to learn. I understand people, I like people a lot, I'm empathetic, which is why my wine brand's called Empathy, like I have that in me, and when you have empathy and you think about the other person, when you have compassion, sympathy, empathy, when you have those things mixing, you're actually thinking about the other person. As a matter of fact, if you're a great salesman, you're actually thinking about the other person. I think the reason I've been great at sales my whole life is I sell things I believe in, whether it's wine, services, my sneakers, and then I try to figure out why it's valuable for you, and if it's not, I don't try to force it. Mm -hmm. And so, I've always been good at that. Twitter came, I was right, Tumblr, I mean I was right a lot. I'm right a lot, but I'm not guessing. I already see it. It's kind of like the sports card thing. Right now a lot of people, LeBron rookies have gone up from 1100 to 2300 in the last four months since I've been talking about it. Mm -hmm. It's not because of me, it's just it was already happening. People are like, whoa, you predicted. I'm like, I didn't predict it. You could just see that people were moving. I could see that people that were flipping off-whites and Yeezys were starting to post on Instagram about sports cards. Yeah, they oh, just, kind of those same. Those same flip kits. Yeah. They're just trying to make money. And you know the sneaker game's impossible. You gotta wait in line, you get one pair, you can't get volume. Yeah. But like, if you believe in Darren Fox, or if you believe in, the, right now a lot of my friends in the sports card world really believe in the Miami rookie. Yeah. Tyler, what, what's a Tyler, Tyler Hero, Hero, right? Yeah, it's my man. A he's lot good. of people are really investing in him because he's the 13th pick, right, I think is right. And like, and like you know, just like, you can make real money. I mean, I told a bunch of people a year ago to buy Giannis rookies because I thought he was super underpriced. I thought he was going to go. And they went from 200 to 800 for a lot of kids. They're back down to 550, 700. But, like, you know. It has its market peak. It's, and and it's liquid. Stuff, right? It's on eBay. And StockX just dropped it. Yeah, StockX. Is so crazy. StockX is now flipping it. So now it's cool because that always matters. So, you know, I, I think content matters. I'm good at it because I understand that. I understand that people are using TikTok. I don't make emotional decisions and say, well, this is stupid teenagers just doing drop songs. Like, it's not, it's not how I see it. I just, I don't think my opinion matters. And I think that's helped me tremendously. I don't impose my opinions on my observations. And I think that's a core strength. And I think that's why I've seen a lot of things. What was your first hustle? I'll tell you mine. My first hustle, I was burning CDs off Napster. Yeah, that was a lot of, you know, yeah. you're in that age where that was a big one. Yeah. I love those entrepreneurs. Yeah, I sell suckers too, they didn't work. It was different though. It was okay. like, ooh, it the was one that different like ones. I haven't out. seen, oh, it was big ones though. And I haven't the seen Tootsie them since Roll ones? I don't know, it was like, it was made by the same company, but it was a different Where were you getting sucker. them? Some store um, they just had a, in you, South Dallas, yeah, and I was buying them wholesale and going back to school. Yeah. And then, but then I learned about competition because one of my friends were stealing from the grocery store <laughs> yeah, they were working yeah, from. Yeah. Ran me out of business. Yeah, uh, I totally understand. It's tough to beat somebody getting something for zero. <laughs> man, uh, then they had a king size Snickers, <laughs> twenty five cents. Oh man, he crushed. You're it. finished. <laughs> I hate to tell you my first hustle because it's not something I'm proud of. But the first thing I did when I moved to Edison, New Jersey, was. Uh, I would run around the neighborhood and I would rip people's flowers out of their yard and then ring the doorbell and sell it back to them. They didn't know they were, they were those were their flowers? Or? I think they did, but here they see this remarkably cute you know, six-year-old, <laughs> you know, who barely speaks English, and they're like, probably, I mean, first of all, 98% of people said no. One of the reasons I really want kids to work retail or sell something within the first 10 to 15 years of their life is I think that most people have a terrible relationship with no. Mm -hmm. They're scared of no. 
they're super scared to know. And I think one of the things that's great about working at a restaurant or working at a retail store or trying to sell something within those first 10, 15 years is you get real comfortable with no. Yeah, what was your first retail job? I've only worked for my dad's liquor store as a kid and then have run my own stuff. So I've never really worked, everything up until 14, everything was baseball card shows where I really, I mean, I still believe 95% of the shit I do is based on what I learned in the trenches of sports card shows. Yeah. 100%. Like, I had some crazy hustles. I had one all-time hustle that has to do with basketball. The dollar stores popped up in the 90s, like 91, 92. At first, I know everyone here's a youngster. At first, youngsters, dollar stores weren't (laughs) like they are now where they have like new stuff and it's made for the dollar store. At first, it was some real shit. Like there was warehouses, the internet didn't exist yet, so you couldn't get rid of stuff on Amazon or eBay. There were warehouses filled with old stuff and here came the dollar store and they're just selling stuff. Like old stuff, I remember I bought a ton of Rambo toys that were 1984 toys, but I was buying them in 1992 because they were just in a warehouse. Just old stuff, Zelda books, like that was what I was (laughs) looking at, but it was all sorts of stuff. Anyway, one day I go to the dollar store and they have Shaq figures. When Sha- you know, Shaq made huge noise, obviously, yeah. when he came to league, and, and the same way he is now, he was commercial from the get. For sure. And there was a Shaq toy line, but what was weird about this was this had just come out like a year earlier, but they were in a dollar store. So I looked at it, so I bought, them all, I bought all 25 that were in the store, and I started walking down the mall, I went to Kmart to look for cards and other collectibles, and I noticed there were Shaq figures in there, and they were $9.99. So I was like, huh. So I bought, I bought something at Kmart to get the bag. I went back into the court, food court. I put the Shaq figures I bought at the dollar store <laughs> into the Kmart bag and I went back to Kmart and I was like, yo, my grandma bought me these toys. I don't really want them. I don't have a receipt. Can I refund them? And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like without a receipt and cash, not store credit. Again, this is 1991. <laughs> you know, Kmart didn't have their shit together yet. And so, oh, yeah. so then I went, so, I, so then I took five of them, I returned them, I got 50 bucks back for what I just paid five bucks for about 45 minutes earlier. Then I went back to the dollar, I'm still in the mall. Phyllis from Mall, big shout out, you look like a fucking disaster now. <laughs> but I went there last summer, I was crazy. There's like four stores open in the whole mall, it's finished. But I went back to the dollar store, and said, hey, do you have any more Shaq figures? And the guy working there goes, yeah, went in the back and brought out cases. <laughs> I was like, I'll take them all. So I, I, I bought them all, I bought, then I came back two days later, they had more cases. Over the next, over the next month and a half, two months, I bought like four to 500, 600 Shaq figures for a buck and kept returning them to Kmart for 10 bucks, made like four or five, G's real quick, and then and then went to Kmart one day. Then it was done, and then like a month later, went to Kmart just my normal run, looking for X Men figures or sports cards. There was a whole clearance of Shaq figures (laughs) for like four ninety nine. So, Gary won Kmart zero. Yeah, my first job was Blockbuster, and my real first loved it. Was not I hated Hated it. it. I mean, they don't exist anymore. I know, but at the time they were hot. Yeah, it was hot. Before Netflix, like people were saying, Blockbuster was hot. They, they had it, man. I don't know they, what happened. The, well, what happened was they didn't buy Netflix for $40 million. I don't remember the exact number, but Blockbuster passed. Can they, somebody they Google it real quick? To, they had a chance to buy them. And this, this is one of my favorite stories in business history. <laughs> Blockbuster passed on buying Netflix for a real, real low number. Now, they would have bought the old Netflix, which was CDs in the mail, 
who knows if Blockbuster would have innovated to make it an OTT. So it's not that 50, 50 right? They passed 50. on 50 million. Which I'm sure they had, right? They passed on 50. The company's now worth at 19.7 billion at this moment. It might be different right now in market, but Twitter took, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter took a massive hit today, down 20%. That's what's going on in the news. I don't know when this is airing. Um, do we have questions? Yes. I hit up community. Uh, uh, 212-931-5731 is my text community service. That's another thing I'm paying attention to a ton, texting. I don't know if you've seen like Diddy, Marshmallow, a bunch of other people, like texting people starting to throw out their numbers. Like that. Yeah. It's on the back of this app called Community. Okay. And, uh, and I'm using it. 212-931-5731. On the way here, five minutes before I saw you, I sent a text to, to 4,000 people in Miami mm-hmm. saying I got your man Chris on the show. Anybody got any questions? And so it's really an amazing platform. And you keep saying it on this and then people listen. Uh, yeah, I'm saying it on this right now because everybody's listening. I'm hoping more people sign up for it. I'm, do, uh, I'm doing a bunch of like, you know, I'm giving away access and first opportunities on that platform because that platform, I have a direct relationship. I'm not at the mercy of Instagram. Instagram's algorithm has clearly taken a turn over the last two, three weeks. The same videos that would get a million views for me are now getting six, seven, eight hundred. The ones that used to get 500,000 are now getting 280, 320. So it's happened. And it's happening to a lot of people because I've been bringing it up for the last three or four weeks and mm. people are DMing me too, like, what do I do? I'm like, you should have done what I've been telling you to do for two years. Build up your fucking TikTok and your Twitter and start a podcast and have an email service. Like, people get one dimensional. Yeah. What do you got? Oh, we're doing calls. Let's go. What do you got? You can dial it. Um, well, what's like a, a, a one, and that's one of the things I've been fascinated with trying to, you know, figure out how to, you know, be multi dimensional, especially in the world today. You know what I mean? What's um, what's like some things that you think are great that really help you with? Just set it up. You know what I mean? Being multidimensional and I think having for your arms. Self-awareness. I yeah. know that I like to be helter-skelter. The reason I was a bad student is I like a lot of action. So I don't know you well enough, but here would be my question. Being multidimensional first starts with self-awareness. You just might be actually better going super deep on one thing. Mm-hmm. or it might be awesome for you to do four to five things. Mm-hmm. That becomes a personality trait of like, do you like the chaos or do you like the structure? Yeah. So that's first. Second, if you like the chaos, you wanna start a, a watch brand and have uh, a podcast and do the book and be on TNT and do your own version on Instagram. If, if you wanna do all those things, you have to be okay with dropping some of the balls. Mm, of course. You know, but like, but you know, it's a really interesting <clears throat> thing. I always, you know, athletes get it a lot. Talk, you know, it's a kind of one of those scared money doesn't make money. It's kind of like, and you know this, you grew up, and I don't know how you were about this, but there was a lot of guys that don't want to take the last shot. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that, <laughs> right? right? There's just a lot of guys yeah. and, that don't want to, and there's guys that do, and things of that nature. Um, you know, th- I think that, I think that, uh, I think that um, I think it's a self-awareness game. And you have to be okay with missing things. It's just like the last shot. You have mm-hmm. to be okay with missing it. If you start five things with a team, you need to be okay with two of them failing. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of anything failing except VaynerMedia. Because all those other things are side dishes and inevitably some of them are gonna fall. And I'm okay with the booing. I actually use basketball a lot with this. I always find it fascinating that people are scared to do things when their life isn't over yet. And I always make it the analogy of, if you're the home team in basketball and the road team goes on 11-0 run in the second quarter and you call a timeout, your home team is booing you, the home crowd, right? They're booing, they're upset, they're frustrated. I mean, in New York, yeah, they're booing you. They're booing in a lot of places. <laughs> they're, blue, they're booing in a lot of places. So I, I always tell people like, hey, you need, to, you need to be okay with that and wait to triple zero. 
when it's over, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's the answer for multi-dimensional stuff, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Who's this? This is Martin. Martin? Let's see what Martin has to say. Hello? Martin? Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Gary Vaynerchuk and Chris Bosh, and we're calling you. Holy shit, what's up, Gary? How you doing? I'm feeling phenomenal. Say what's up to Chris, please. What's up, what's up Chris? How's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Awesome. What's your question? Well, um, so my question to Chris is, you know, obviously Gary talked a lot about buying the Jets one day and changing the culture, potentially changing the culture. And I guess my question to Chris is, do you think that it's really possible that he could come in there with the same kind of mentality he does to business and make pros and the organization around it change and make it like, turn it into what he does with everything else that he's touched so far? You talking about the Jets? Yeah, his main question, I think, <laughs> in the macro for everybody's value, yeah. taking me out of it a little bit is, do you believe ownership has the ability to make an impact on winning. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it starts at the. It starts from the top. You know, um, you know, in my situation in professional sports, if you get somewhere and you're supposed to win a championship and the floors aren't clean, the locker room's not clean, you don't know the owner at all, you don't know anything about the place. That takes a huge effect on the culture of things. It trickles all the way down. And, you know, it kind of sets this precedent like nobody knows what's going on. Yep. So, yeah, it definitely can start from the top. I mean, that's where it starts because it takes usually you've seen, you know, some gunslinging owners coming yep. in and saying, hey, it's time to win. Yeah. And it just changes everybody's mentality. Daniel Snyder, you know, came in with that. It, did, it has not worked. Mark yeah. Cuban did. It did yeah. work. You know, and, and by the way. Martin, you know, just because you are gold in something doesn't necessarily mean you are in the next thing. Like, I have outrageous levels of confidence that I'm gonna buy the Jets and win Super Bowls, but, <laughs> but that's because I think I'm an operator. Like, to me, a lot of times, operators do well in other operating situations. I think if you look at owners, trust fund babies do poorly because they've never operated anything. They were just in the lineage mm -hmm. of ownership. For sure. I think Michael Jordan's done an atrocious job, and you see this a lot with athletes when they go to coaching or ownership. They really struggle because they did it on their back. They've never managed anything. They just were a superstar at their mm -hmm. sport, but they don't know how to actually create a culture or build something. So Michael Jordan's done an atrocious job. Um, that's just fun for me to say. Um, so I, 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 think, I think if you look at the ownership groups, that have done well, um, there has been one or two, there's been two ways I've seen it work. One, this is an individual that has operated other things and they understand how to build culture, hire good people, put them in a position to succeed, build relationships from mm. the popcorn guy to the superstar to the GM to the fans. Or number two, there absolutely is some trust fund baby, lucky sperm club ownerships that I've seen the Giants, it makes me sad to say that, but you see good families groom their children in a way that makes them good owners, and, I, and you have seen that as well. Not spoiled, make them actually work a little, that kind of stuff. So where have you seen the best culture in, in your professional career, Chris? 
I mean, the one I've been a part of, um, you know, Miami. Pat Riley, um, oh, yeah. he's done a you know phenomenal job. You know, and, and one of the things about setting a culture for something, not everybody is going to agree. It's not for everybody, but the structure is there from the bottom to the top of what everybody's expectations are, uh, what your job is supposed to be, and you know, just really the level that everybody's supposed to meet every day. So if we're here and it's you know, we're here to win a championship. That that has to go into everything that we do, the thought process, the things you wear, the way you speak to people, the way you solve problems, you know, and and I I definitely have to give credit to the Heat. Those guys do a tremendous job because it has been the same. And, you know, the ownership is really strong there. Miami fans are a little funny because it's just such a nice weather. Like, they're funny. Like, Watching what you guys roll and them not selling out playoff games along the way, that's just audacity and that's just Miami. They're a funny fan base, not to raz Miami. It's just, it's a town that is fun. Like the ownership for the Heat is phenomenal to me. The fan base is a little funny. You guys didn't sell out playoff games. That's crazy. I, I, I don't, were you, I don't. Yes, I watched I very carefully. It was I was loud. Super, yeah, I know, you know it was loud, but like, uh, anyway. Know, can we talk about your rebound? Yeah, sure. Good. I believe that your <laughs> rebound is one of the all-time most underrated plays in sports history because of the impact it has on the enormous passion people have debating the GOAT when it comes to basketball. I mean, in its basic form for the non-basketball fans that are listening, Chris gets a rebound in an NBA Finals, kicks it out to Ray Allen that basically, I mean, just very black and white. The series ends if he doesn't, Le- I believe, uh, you know, I was a little passive with basketball, but LeBron, I think, took that shot. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. He, that means he would have missed that shot. Mm-hmm. They would have lost that series. That's a big fucking play, bro. Yeah, it kind of, you know, it's a, things happen a little differently. <laughs> I think big, our future's do people do, do people, Mark, thanks so much, brother. Do people, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, listen, I, I'm in, I, I, bro, like, oh my no, God. I'm like sports radio. I want to get into a point. I had to put him off. I didn't need him jumping in. Chris, do 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 a lot of like I'm a hardcore sports fan. I've watched every play of a New York Jets game since 1982, Mm. so I know every single play. Obviously, this is a finals game. It's a huge play. I I feel like if I was uh, a Heat fan and I came across you at an airport, I would be over the top compelled. I wouldn't (laughs) want to bother you, but I would have to find some way to be like, bro. That rebound means everything to me. Like, do you get a, do you get a lot of love? Or back to my point mm-hmm. that this is one of the great underrated plays in NBA history. Is it just that's the way life is? It kind of it's a sneaky little part of it. Most people don't go to that extra layer of thinking yeah. of what actually happened. I mean, you, you know, it, I think um, it's it kind of right? it kind of goes both ways. Yeah. People, you know, see it and they'll you know tell me about it, and then you know you have. All I wanted to ever do was make a big play. Is that know? true? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's I mean, cool. you know, as a kid growing up, you Ooh, know, yeah. games. You probably did Game Seven NBA Finals. Oh my goodness! One, one, one two, one. one. You miss it yeah. and say, "Oh, it's yeah. overtime." No, he got fouled. He got fouled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you play those games yeah. and stuff like that. The ironic part for me was that it was really an exercise for me because I didn't score in that game. No, Game Six, I did. It, it was just a, a struggle for me offensively in that whole series. You were just off with yourself, or they I mean, defended you was, well? Yeah, they defended. I mean, yeah. it's the best team uh, I get in the world. You I, get know? And, I get it. I get it. You know, the way they were defending us, was, they pretty yeah. much, LeBron yeah. and Dwayne had to carry us. Yep. Um, they stuck to me. Yep. 
didn't really rotate much, and it was working. Um, Who was thinking to you, Tim? Yeah, me yeah. and Tim was pretty much mashed up the whole series. But, is he a you know, great the way human? Is he a great it, human being? Seems like a nice guy. I don't know. Guy. I mean, yeah, don't I'm know sure him? he is. I he's don't quiet know as fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows him. Phenomenal basketball player. Clearly. And, you know, great coach, I'm sure. But, you know, at the time, it was just kind of, it was a very tough series. And um, everything happened so fast. We were winning and we were in control of that game. I remember. You know, with uh, two minutes left. We get into a situation where we've got Brian on Tony Parker. That was our game plan yeah. for the late game yeah, situations. Yeah. All right, we've executed it perfectly. Yep. Tony hits that step back three. Yep. We turn it over a couple times. We're down yeah. five points. It just happens really quick. The blank. only thing that kept me in it was that my wife, you know, when, when you're about to lose a big game, you look around at your family for sympathy. You know, it's just like <laughs> that look when it's like, ah, damn. But I looked at her, and she wasn't looking at me. Interesting. You know, she just stood up and started clapping. And, and you know, it's kind of like a shell shock when you go to the bench. It's kind of like, holy shit, oh no. And we were just kind of, I was looking at everybody else and said, yeah, this is not a good situation. <laughs> I looked at my wife, and she, was, she just stood up and started clapping. was like, I don't know what the hell she was looking at. And so that snapped me back into it. And, you know, we were able to make the plays to extend the game and extend the series. That rebound just happened because... Well, it's a it normal... Yeah, you're playing happened. basketball. Yeah, playing basketball. But it's fucking huge. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I was able to watch the trajectory of yep. the ball. You know what I mean? So back, you know, back some time ago, one of my good friends told me, hey, or a great player told me, if you want to get a rebound, you get there before the ball gets there, Right. So in that situation, I could watch you. You practice watching the ball hit, you know, go, and you just know where it goes after a while. I was able to kind of watch it the whole way. Yep. And you know, first person I saw was Ray. It's a good person to see. And, yeah. And, and in my mind, it happened very. It's like slow motion, like the Matrix. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. In real time, it, it was still a hundredth of a second. Yeah, yeah. It still does not seem that way in my mind to me. Like I watch it, it's like okay. I I think <laughs> I genuinely think that that plays. Really underrated. Yeah, I, I, you I, know what? I don't I, even want. You know, please. I like the fact that it's kind of under there, kind of hanging hanging right there in plain sight. Um, you know, because you, you just hope that you can make those type of plays that people will remember. You know, I remember when Jordan hit all those shots, yep. Paxson, Steve Kerr. You know, Hakeem Olajuwon. I just think dudes. that play needs to be branded more. I really, really, genuinely think like that needs to be more known as like the rebound. It is that big. I really do think it's that big. And honestly, and I listen, I hate Michael Jordan. So I've spent my entire last 15 years hoping and wishing and rooting for LeBron to do whatever he needs to do to like <laughs> climb that ladder. It's crazy. My number one grateful thing towards you is that rebound because without it, you, that game would have been over and the series would have been over. Yeah, I mean, and they probably would have made some changes with the team. I mean, we were, fully aware, we were fully aware of what we were up against. I'm 100% it's just, you know, But I always tell people, I'll get mad when, you know, somebody said, well, the game's over. I get so mad, you know, because it's like, yo, the game is never over until you say like triple zero. Oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we'll leave. Don't leave. That was really, <laughs> first of all, especially my two favorite sports, basketball and football are funny like that. Like, there's just something to, actually all of them, actually all of them. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely yeah, right. Just don't leave, man. And so, and you know, I tell people, you know, even you have to stick with things. Even, you know, sometimes you'll give up on yourself or something like that when you're right on the cusp. When, even when was close. the hottest you were in your career? Like, when I ask you that question, what, what stretch of 
time, what period, like what two weeks? I, I've always always fascinated, like, you know, it's funny, I've been, during the majority of your career, I was quite passive with basketball in comparison. Uh-huh. Knicks went into a coma, uh-huh. and my career took off, and I was working till, 11 p.m. every weekday. So unlike football where Sunday I could make the commitment, it was hard for me to get all in. But you know, but in my childhood I was super in. I actually, back to the Spurs, I just remember David Robinson would have pockets where he would just go lightning hot. Like it was just really interesting to watch some people go like when I ask you that question, do you think of like year three in Toronto of just like this two weeks where you were just, you know, thirty and twenty? Like was there was there ever a period that you actually remember being ultra hot for like a week or two or a month? Nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. Maybe you know. Maybe it was a couple times of when a month I feel like I couldn't miss. But yeah, you know, you forget those pretty quickly. You yeah. know, because you remember the other you. stuff. Yeah, you remember. I remember like the, the big <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, After yeah. a while, I was like, all right, I was hot for a week. You know, I still didn't get the accolades, so you know, I didn't get those awards Be- that normally come with. Yeah, hotness. I get it. Yeah, I get it. So that made me kind of say, all right, this really doesn't mean anything. Anything? Yeah. Talk to me <laughs> about know? one of my favorite cultural moments ever. That concert you guys put on when you guys all signed there—that's pretty sweet. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was it's pretty it, sweet. It, do you, do you, when's the last time you saw it, like on the internet or on TV by accident? I and was do you watching smi- like, like the other week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know because we've it's been such talking a fun about it. Moment, yeah, right? I mean, you know, we were having you, fun. You were you were real happy. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I remember I remember that part the most. I'm like, man, he's real oh, happy. Yeah. It's warm right now. You know, yeah. usually it's starting to get chilly. I like to chill and you know the yep. light brisk in Toronto falls but this is something different on some real shit do you view that chapter you guys like it you know back to the four five six like it really like i remember being like oh man this is gonna be boring for a long time (laughs) like (laughs) you know obviously the spurs (laughs) had an incredible dynasty going at the same time yeah and that mavericks team got hot at the right you know kind of way like I mean, this is a really challenging question, and I'm I'm not looking to make it challenging. Mm. I'm just genuinely curious. Mm. I'm really am curious. Do you view that chapter as a success, or is there a level of disappointment because you thought you could have done more? No, Honestly, it's success. Okay, you know, I, I, it's success. I, I can see it either way. I really did, genuinely didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I was yeah, curious. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you know, people have to. So the whole story behind that was right. You know, we sign. We're there. The decision is the night before. Yes, We're having crazy parties. It's Miami. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? I had never seen that many cameras around our hotel. We were in the at, at, at the W. I mean, sea of cameras, hundreds yeah. and hundreds of cameras. I've never, we haven't even yeah. played a game. So the next day, you know, I know basketball. All right, we're going to do the press conference. We're going to go through the whole thing. We hold up the jerseys. Boom, we're going to get out of here. You know, 12 o'clock comes noon, nothing. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. Nobody's hitting us back. We're just sitting in the hotel room, just sitting there. The three of you. No, no, no. The me and family. my family. Understood. I, I yeah. hadn't slept in 24 hours. <laughs> I was just up. So <clears throat> they eventually call us. All right, hey, come down to the arena about five or six o'clock. We pull up to the arena. It's thousands and <laughs> thousands of people. They got jerseys printed already, posters everywhere. It's, I mean, it was overwhelming. And then so then we got in there and they said, all right. This is what's going on, and they explained everything yeah. to us, and I was like, "Yo, that that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy." And you know, they had the build up there because there was a concert there the next day. I just found this out. 
So everybody thought we, we like we didn't. You know, honestly, I wasn't even worried about that. It was just that <laughs> image in my head of like the three of you, like yeah. that you guys were just like that. Must have just been an I mean, incredible moment. It was of amazing. We was I love twenty five thousand people there with no basketball, and you're and you're in your twenties, and, yeah. and optimism is attractive to me. Ooh, and you guys boy. were like, we're gonna win. 87 fucking titles. You saw titles what in happened row. when Jordan and them got together. What about us? You know, yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know, yeah. so, and, you know, we were just, it, it was kind of, you know, being young and naive at that time, too. Because everybody was happy. We weren't worried about watching what we say. We didn't know that things could get out as quickly as they How could. How early did you think about free agency <laughs> at that point in your career? Like, when did it start seeping into your head? Like, a year before it happened, during that season, late? Like Before just, 2010, yeah. Like when, like as a, you know, you're a human. Like yeah. people are like, like I know you. I know you were a professional and focused on the season at hand. Yeah. But you're fucking human. You might have thought about. I got kids. Yeah. I got I, kids that we're talking to right now for next NFL draft, who are worried about their second contract for four or five <laughs> years from now. And I think that's smart, not stupid. Yeah. So I'm just actually curious for you. When did free agency and how that was going to play out play out in your mind? It kind of really started playing into a 2008. Two years before. Yeah, two years yep. before. Not that we were, you your know, agent, not that I was Your agent, your family, you yourself. We had signed the deal. Yep. Um, the three with the four-year option. Yep. So, you know, that was getting yep. closer. Yep. And once that started getting closer, it became this, you know, thing. So people would I ask remember. you about it. They mm-hmm. force it in your head. Yeah, of course. You know, so they make you think about it. Yeah, that's right. And, you know. Yeah. You're People lead you. <laughs> the people you're, lead you. And, and you're then, a human. Yeah, well, I was human and I didn't put two and two together as far as like having the foresight to look at the class then you see who all is going to be available in 2010 all right yeah it's going to be you know a shit show in 2010 (laughs) i got to get ready for it but every single day it was you know questions and everything but i had eventually i had to get to the point where I'm back to leading my team, so of course, I couldn't really of course, of course. worry about that no, no, stuff you had because to worry they about wanted me to leave. Course. Vince left. You're yep. gonna leave, aren't you? Yep. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. had to deal with all that stuff, so that wasn't that fun. No, it wasn't. You know? It's yeah. the constant story up in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know, it kind of sucked, and you know, just making a decision to uh, play on the big stage. I wanted to play on the big stage. Who did you think was gonna draft you? It's always my favorite question. People always told me Toronto. It was either Toronto or Miami. Yeah, and, and so that's why it's kind of funny going f- to Miami. It was kind of coming full circle. Those were the two were, teams that you kind of, your agent, like the process, the interviews beforehand, like you felt like yeah, those were the ones yeah. zeroing in. Yeah, it was four or five for me the whole mm-hmm. time. And, um, you know, people were telling me, yeah, you're not going to make it to five. So, you know, just be ready. Toronto, you're going to Toronto. You still don't believe them. You still have to hey, go through nervous, the process of, of getting drafted yep. and everything. And, you know, it worked out. What do you think about all those baggy suits? They were terrible. <laughs> right. I looked at that my suit. Was, I thought I was so cool. Was, of course, ah, that was the fresh style then. Yeah, that was. Wait till man. people look back at what the shit they're wearing right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, with the spikes years. and crystals. Yeah, these and, fucking beanies and tight jeans yeah, and these beards. <laughs> these kids are going be, to be like, who the fuck was yeah. I 20 years from now? I think Trey Young wore shorts. Cool. I know, I know. It's crazy to watch fashion above. Chris, thanks for being on the show. Man, I appreciate real it. Real pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, real pleasure. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed. And more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.